listening to the Dr. Claude Kirshner Show. My name is Dr. Claude Kirshner, and we are here to serve organizational leaders and agile teams who strive for excellence and differentiation. I hope you enjoy the content. If you have any questions or would like some additional resources, please visit our website at www.archconsults.com. Enjoy. Entrepreneurship is not something you simply do. It's a philosophy that you bring to life. It is a mindset. It's a thought process. It's empowering. It's transformational. When used, when when leveraged, when when put to action, it's very powerful. It can change people's lives, and it can change, it transform an entrepreneur, but it can also transform the people that the entrepreneur touches. So last, last time we left off with the idea that there were different types of ventures. If you remember, there is a survival-based venture, there's a lifestyle-based venture, there's a managed growth venture, and then there's what is more aggressive growth or like a gazelle-type business. Different types of ventures, usually it's formulated in the beginning of the entrepreneurial journey, and we determine, the end is determined in the beginning, and, and usually what starts out to be the type of venture usually ends up to be the venture that it's it's meant to be. So uh, it's important to think about before we go through our business model, what type of venture we want to set out to have. Is it a side hustle, a, a survival-based venture, one that we just use to feed our families and that's pretty much all we really use it for? Or are we looking to build a lifestyle around this business, uh, have it be our full-time vocation and uh, try our best to, to create a level of income that's sustainable, but really not too much pressure, too many employees, uh, too many uh, potential issues? Or are we trying to build a business that can scale and grow progressively over the next uh, five to 10 years? The example there is a real estate agency. Um, And then of course, the third option or the fourth option is to have an aggressive growth venture where we're seeking funding, uh, typically tech-based, and we're trying to grow very rapidly within a matter of, uh, say, 12 to 24 months. Uh, you know, double, triple, 3,000 times what we initially, the first couple of months in profit and revenue growth of significant growth. So that's the type of venture. And then, so we're going to talk a little bit more about the mindset today of being an entrepreneur. And here's some questions to consider. Are entrepreneurs born? Uh, we think about the traits of entrepreneurs and are people born with them um, or not? Is there a prototype of an entrepreneur, like a typical entrepreneur that tends to be successful? Are all small business owners also entrepreneurs? Are entrepreneurs different from managers? Can people be taught to be entrepreneurs? Is there a better time to pursue entrepreneurship than now? What makes for a successful entrepreneur? These are all questions that research has been pondering for quite some time about entrepreneurs. And here are the answers. So are entrepreneurs born? No. Anyone can be an entrepreneur. It's not an inherent Uh, nature gene. It can be nurtured over time and it can be taught. Is there a prototype of an entrepreneur? No. Uh, There's no template, cookie cutter of what is an entrepreneur. There's no prototype. Are all small business owners entrepreneurs? Yes, they are. And sometimes, no, they're not. It depends. Depends on their mindset. It depends on their ability to be creative and to leverage their resources and to start uh, new things and the willingness to take risks. Uh, sometimes business owners are less entrepreneurial. Are entrepreneurs different from managers? 
The answer is no, not technically, because entrepreneurs also have to manage. They have to manage the uh, business model creation process. They have to manage the revenue creation process. And typically there's other processes that entrepreneurs need to manage too. But what hap- what tends to happen is when an entrepreneur starts scaling a company and then they have to fall more into a managerial role, they tend not to enjoy it as much because it's more routine, it's more mechanistic, and it's sometimes wise for them to hire managers to come and manage the business that they created and the business that that they own. So there's a little bit of a difference, but really entrepreneurs are also managers and you can be a manager and also an entrepreneur. There's different focuses and different skill sets for each. And people be taught to be entrepreneurs. You can teach people the process of entrepreneurship but I can't instill in you the desire to be an entrepreneur. I, I can't teach you how to want to, to be empowered of entrepreneurship. There has to be a level of uh, desire that comes from you, and that can't really be taught. Is there a better time to pursue entrepreneurship than now? No. It's it's like, is there a better time to plant a tree in the forest, the best time to plant a tree was last year. So it's always a good time to be an entrepreneur. It's always a good time to be entrepreneurial in some of our endeavors. So what makes for a successful entrepreneur? This question is has been explored at nauseum. But there's certain things that tend to be better than others of, of, of people who are successful at entrepreneurship. But there's no one particular trait. Okay, the entrepreneurial task. Capacity to perceive and act upon opportunities in the environment. It's inherently recognizing opportunities and acting on them, not just saying, hey, that's an opportunity, but actually doing something about it. Ability to create and build something from particularly from practically nothing. Uh, creating a venture, an idea, a vision, and bringing that vision to life. Pursuit of opportunities without regard to resources currently controlled. That's really the definition of entrepreneurship. Pursuing opportunities regardless of the amount of resources that we have under control. We're going to talk about guerrilla marketing today or, or guerrilla thinking and tactics and how utilizing this guerrilla thinking is really leveraging resources in a creative way. Entrepreneurs versus small business owners. There's survivalists, mom and pop businesses, managed growth seekers and gazelles. What you would invest in? This is the question. Tested idea, untested entrepreneur. Would you invest in that? The idea has been tested, but the entrepreneur hasn't really been tested yet. Tested idea and tested entrepreneurs. The idea seems to be a walking through a business model and seems to have validity, seems to be able to add value to the market. And you have a tested entrepreneur. That sounds nice. Untested idea, tested entrepreneur. That's an interesting one to ponder. Untested idea, untested entrepreneur. So for me, the likelihood to invest would be more in tested idea, tested entrepreneur, and untested idea, tested entrepreneur. Those two are excited. So I'd like to see a tested entrepreneur uh, pursue either a tested or an untested idea. Common traits and characteristics associated with the entrepreneurial individual. This is actually uh, derived from the article that I was just looking for. But these are these are things that and traits that tend to be associated with, with being an entrepreneur. Achievement, motivation, internal locus of control. And this means when things happen to me, I take ownership. I have control over it. It's not external. So if something was to go wrong, I say to myself, wow, there's something I could have done differently to have prevented that from going wrong. That's taking an internal locus control to it. And the same thing, if things go right, I say, hey, it was my hard work that allowed that to go right. Uh, We're not trying to do any biasing here, but the person that has an external locus of control 
when bad things happen to them or bad things, bad circumstances present themselves, they tend to blame it on external factors, things that are beyond themselves, outside of their control. And they sort of blame it on that as opposed to internalizing some locus of control. So entrepreneurs tend to take ownership of uh, their control. They tend to internalize it. We talked about calculated risk-taking as opposed to just haphazardly going into a, a risky situation that entrepreneurs take calculated risks. So they try to mitigate the risks as much as possible. Tolerance of ambiguity. This ambiguity is really uncertainty, lack of information. We are okay with having not all of the information and we can still move forward without significant anxiety. So entrepreneurs tend to tolerate ambiguity a bit better. They have independence. They value independence and freedom, uh, persistence. And those are the, really the top five. So I won't go through all of the others, um, but the reality is th these are important uh, traits that entrepreneurs tend to have. Uh, you can see why they might be important. I love the optimistic one. I mean, that's a big one too. And creativity is another one that I think is important. Resourceful, uh, persuasive, assertive. These are, are good skills as well. Organizational skills tend to be more lenient towards managers, but also entrepreneurs. So there's a dark side of entrepreneurship as well. It's not always easy. And it's that sometimes the tendencies of personalities to come out in entrepreneurship are very real and very prevalent. So sometimes they can be overbearing need for control. Like I have to make sure that I'm in charge. And if you use my resources or my money as the business owner and you're a staff member or an employee, I might be overly obsessed about what is it you're doing and why are you doing it that way? So there's an overbearing control element, sense of distrust of certain staff members that you work with or other people. And I've felt this uh, many times running and owning my own business is that the team members that worked for me and managed the resources or managed the finances, I would always, you know, I'd sometimes I would get extra critical of them if they made a mistake. And I went from trusting them completely to all of a sudden not trusting them at all because they made some little mistake. So I, I sensed that in me too is, is just this natural distrust of other people. Overriding desire for success, a drive towards being successful and setting goals and needing to achieve goals. Obsessive, and this is a good thing, but it can also be a bad thing. It says an overriding desire for success, meaning I'm not okay unless I'm successful. My okayness is contingent upon my success. That's not always a good thing. Obsession with venture, not people. So I'm more concerned with the organism of or the evolution and the ecology of the business and not really the, the evolution and in, in the growth of, of people. I mean, this could be a bad thing that entrepreneurs experience, that they, they value the things and the stuff and the business more so than the people. Unrealistic opt optimism, meaning they, they jump headfirst into something with too much optimism. And that could obviously be naive at times. Tendency to discount certain risks. So knowing something, but purposefully not investigating it more because they don't want to not pursue it. So they're they're um, zealous in a sense towards opportunity. Are there different types of entrepreneurs? Well, sort of. My father is certainly different than I am. And my uncle is different than I am. My aunt, who's also an entrepreneur, is certainly different than um, my uncle. So they're married. They're both entrepreneurs. They both have businesses. And they're just different people. So you got the personal achiever. You got the super salesperson, the real manager, and the expert idea generator. And I love the names of these. And we'll explore uh, some of them. The personal achiever, high need for achievement, needs, needs for performance and feedback, desire to plan and set goals, 
strong individual initiative, strong personal commitment and identification with their organization, internal locus of control. We talked about that and a belief that work should be guided by personal goals, not those of others. So this is a personal achiever, the classic entrepreneur, the super salesperson, which is certainly my uncle. I just talked to him the other day on the phone and he owns a business called Kirshner Office Furniture. And I talked to him for probably an hour and 15 minutes. And um, I would possibly disagree with some of the things he had to say. And he was very tactful with how he shifted me back towards his perspective to get me to agree with him. And he was he was good at it. And I just use that as an example of, you know, he's he's a salesman and he knows he's a salesman and he's a good salesman. Um, so this is kind of describes him a little bit. Capacity to understand and feel another, to empathize, desire to help others, belief that social processes are important, social interactions and relationships are important. He certainly is very uh, gregarious and extroverted in his interactions with people. Need to have strong, positive relationships with others. Belief that the sales force is crucial to carrying out company strategy. All about sales. My father was like this as well. And sales are very important. Without sales, there's no operations. Without operation, there's no finance and accounting. So it starts with a sale. So every entrepreneur should know how to sell. They should be sales people in a sense because they should be able to sell themselves. Then they should be able to sell a product or a service, hopefully. And that's sort of where it starts. And if you if you notice that the entrepreneur doesn't have the skills or knowledge or competencies to sell their own product, then even, even in that sense, it would be hard to want to work for them. Um, and it certainly would be hard to invest in them. So being being able to sell in some way or another is certainly a skill set that most entrepreneurs need to learn how to master, uh, certainly in the beginning. Belief that the sales force is crucial, background of fewer years of education and more years in business experience and especially selling experience than other entrepreneurs. So that's a good definition of the salesperson model. Okay, so the real manager. Unless he or she overmanages, the early stage venture is able to grow the venture significantly. Desire to be a corporate leader, desire to compete, decisiveness, desire for power, positive attitudes to authority, desire to stand out from the crowd. These are just some things that this uh, persona of entrepreneur tends to enjoy. The expert idea generator. This is fun. Expertise plus creativity equals innovator. So this is a good one for the business model canvas that we're about to walk through in the different sections with value proposition, customer segment, channels. Then you have uh, revenue streams. And then on the other side, you have key partners, uh, key activities, and you have the um, uh, key partners, key activities, and costs. And there's one other one, uh, key resources. So when you walk through that, being creative, as we talked about, of ways in which we can build this business model to create value for our, our customer segment is very important. So desire to innovate, love love of ideas, curious, open-minded. Open-mindedness tends to be intelligence as well. There's the personality trait of being open-minded tends to correlate well with IQ. Belief that new product development is a crucial component of company strategy. Certainly being entrepreneurial not just in the beginning phases of business is good. We want to carry that entrepreneurial flair throughout the progress and the evolution of the organization. Good intelligence thinking is at center of their entrepreneurial approach. Intelligence as a source of competitive advantage, desire to avoid taking risks. Sometimes that happens. The question of fit, type of entrepreneur versus type of venture. Talked about some of these type of ventures. Behaviors and skills instead of traits, ability to learn, social abilities, 
adaptation, guerrilla capabilities, growth propensity, the importance of learning. So interesting. I could do a whole talk about how important it is to be curious and to want to learn new things, not just as an entrepreneur, but as a business leader, as a parent, as a spouse, as a student, as just a human being, is this desire to learn. It's it's taken us as a species, as humanity in general, just to new levels when people have a desire to learn. And certainly being um, somewhat of an academic at times, what I learn and how I can hopefully help others through what I learn can, can make an impact and it matters. So the amount of entrepreneur learning differences between knowledge and skills at beginning versus once a success. So knowledge applied is a skill. Time spent working with suppliers, time spent analyzing new entrants, less time on identity of business, products and services that are more custom, being in high growth industries, fundable resource needs. So these are these are things that when we learn, we can produce these things. One study found seven variables were the best predictors of survival of 80, 85 considered. So these are the seven variables that when done well through knowledge and learning and then applied through skill, these things produce what would considered to be survival factors for the business. Social capital and social skills. Social capital is the actual and potential resources individuals obtain from knowing other people, network, being part of a social network with them, being known by them and having a good reputation. This isn't friends on Facebook or followers on Instagram. These are people that you can call on and leverage their skills, their resources, or their insight in order to add value to your venture. I mean, so it's one thing to know somebody objectively like yeah i know him but it's another thing to pick up the phone call him and ask him a question that can help you be a better entrepreneur that's what leveraging a network is it's not just knowing them it's utilizing them and maybe putting them in touch with somebody else and having this aspect of connecting other people that might have common interests actually allows you to have a better relational equity with those people so let's just say i call and i say hey listen i i, I just met somebody that she's running a uh, a university out here in Kansas, uh, or we'll say Minnesota, and she's working on engaging uh, high school students at her local college campus. And she just has some great best practices to share. And I introduce Monte to this person and they have a conversation and they share some best practices and it's great. So that's me adding value to other people through my network or through connecting them. And then obviously if I need something from Mate or if I need something from some from the other lady that I just spoke about, it's a lot easier to call them and ask for a favor because I've connected them with other people that can help them. So that's the kind of kind of stuff or the kind of things you can do to leverage your social network. Social perception, accuracy and perceiving others, emotional intelligence has a lot to do with that. Impression management management proficiency at inducing positive reactions in others. When I come into your presence, when you come into other people's presence, other positive emotions that are experienced. Are you, do you have some level of charisma that people are intrigued or interested in you in, in a little bit, in a little regard? They want to ask you questions. That's important. Uh, persuasion and influence, skills for changing attitudes and behaviors of others. Uh, social adaptability, ability to adjust to a wide range of social situations and be comfortable with diverse individuals. So I, I have been traveling, obviously, for work last week and this week, and I went to Oklahoma, and then I went to Minnesota. And because of my experience as an entrepreneur and because of my experience running business and dealing with some chaos and uncertainty, uh, meeting new people and walking into a new environment and standing up in front of them and talking to them about management and leadership and, and connecting with them, 
is is joyful to me. I enjoy it, and I and I like adapting my style to some of their their nuances or some of their likes and dislikes. It's 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 fun to me. So that trying to get good at that can help you. This is a great quote: "The ability to adapt" by Peter Drucker. When a new venture does succeed, more often than not, it is in a market other than the one it was intended to serve with products and services not quite those with which it has set out, bought in large part by customers it did not even think of when starting and used for a host of purposes besides the ones for which the products were designed. So you can see the evolution of the venture through the ability to adapt in that quote. So here's what the need for guerrilla skills means. It means leveraging resource, resource leveraging. There's a, a great story that a professor, uh, Dr. Morris, tells, and these are actually his slides um, that I've adapted for this class that I used um, in my grad school experience or that he gave me. Um, so Dr. Morris, he, he tells a story about in a town. It was a client that he had worked with. It was actually a restaurant that was opening up. And the restaurant that was opening up they spent all the money opening their restaurant and, and putting it into the infrastructure of their restaurant. The chairs and the alcohol and the food and all that kind of stuff cost a lot of money. And then when it was time to open, they ran out of money for marketing, for marketing for their grand opening night. So instead of uh, spending a slew of money for you know marketing, they invited every single hairdresser in town in like a 25-mile radius to come to their restaurant to throw a party and they were only inviting hairdressers and they were they said free food free booze come hang out at this restaurant so they did they treated them like kings and queens they fed them they had fun they had a party and the hairdressers what do they do all day long well they talk they talk to people so the hairdresser explained this story about going to this great restaurant in town and all sorts of people wanted to go and, and go to the restaurant because the hairdressers were talking about their experience at this party so it, that that is a creative way to leverage the, the minimal resources that you might have for marketing to just throw one party or one event and you can have a massive impact if you're creative with the restaurant that you have with the, the minimal budget that you have and and focusing your time and effort on a particular demographic of people in this case the vocation of hairdressing lent towards sharing by word of mouth the story of their experience at this restaurant sharing risks with others, not just being um, the only one putting money in the game or the only one putting uh, risk in the game. Uh, maybe you you share some risk there. Uh, guerrilla marketing, guerrilla financing, guerrilla everything. Uh, guerrilla, the, the concept of being a guerrilla marketer stemmed from the Vietnam War and the effectiveness that the Vietnamese people and their tactics, which were brutal tactics during the Vietnam War, vicious that really they would hide in trees they would um attack at night they would um set booby trap they would do anything and everything they could creatively to deter the the willingness the will they would crush the will of their enemy soldiers uh so that they they actually won the war so that's where this guerrilla tactic came from to get a creative way to strategically uh, get your goal accomplished so we can leverage that philosophy a bit Sounds kind of brutal, but we can leverage that philosophy in entrepreneurship as well. A propensity for growth, desire for growth, ability to manage growth. Entrepreneurs are often lousy managers. So they, like I said before, they get very excited about new ideas and they'll pursue the new idea. But a lot of times they'll have to bring in a manager to actually run the business for them. So the open-minded entrepreneurs create business 
businesses and then the conscientious managers come in and run them. Growth places unique demands on what might otherwise be good managerial skills. Always cash short, meaning we're always we're always looking for more cash flow. Everything is always changing. Employees, culture, customers, logistic, logistical requirements, et cetera. Letting go of the old, but also holding on to some values I think is important too. Two factors in terms of growth orientation. So the ability to manage, if you do have a good ability to manage, so it's a yes, and you desire to grow, that's an entrepreneur. Uh, if you if you do have the ability to manage, but you really don't have that much of a desire to grow, you're a satisfied manager. You, you don't have the ability to manage, and then you also desire to grow, you're a frustrated potential entrepreneur. And then if you do not have the ability to manage growth, and you do not have the desire for growth, you're a bureaucratic functionary. So that's not a great place to be. What about values? Individualism, work ethic, competition, reinvestment and growth, freedom, innovation and change. Values are fundamental belief systems and they drive, values drive beliefs, values sort of are beliefs in a way, but values drive attitudes and values drive behavior. So values of entrepreneurs are important and they tend to value individualism, work ethic, a hard work ethic, a competition, they, they reinvest for growth, they value freedom and innovation and change. Cognition, how do they think? different ways of thinking, cognitive biases, optimism bias, meaning sometimes they're too optimistic, they're too naive in a sense, illusion of control, they think they control more variables than they actually do, and the law of small numbers. But entrepreneurial alertness, these are, are cognitive skills, motivated propensity to formulate an image of the future, a vision, to process information differently, challenge assumptions, and see opportunity where others don't see opportunity. Signal detection, tendency to be more concerned with recognizing stimuli that are present than correctly concluding stimuli are not present. So one of the, what I think about with that is if you're walking down the street with a friend uh, who's an entrepreneur, what they'll do is they will tend to be critical in some sense of the things around them. I think I talked about this in the healthy, healthy dissatisfaction, uh, but in a good way, like they walk past a shop window and they they critique the layout in the shop window because they believe that if they were in charge of laying that out, that they would do a better job getting customers to look window. Prospect theory tendency to focus more on opportunities for gain. They will forfeit. I'm sorry, for gain, they will forfeit if they overlook an opportunity. Entrepreneurs prefer to avoid loss when focusing on gains, but seek risk when focusing on losses. Regulatory fo focus, entrepreneurs regulate their behavior from more of a promotion, emphasis on accomplishment and multiple options than a prevention, avoiding negative outcomes, considering few options and emphasis. So my uncle, when I talked to him, very much a salesperson type entrepreneur, is very entrepreneurial. He was trying to convince me that I should just buy a house, buy a house, buy a house, real estate, real estate, real estate is great. It's great. Uh, and he's right. There's a There's a, a logical aspect to that. But he wasn't looking at any of the downside. He wasn't understanding that, you know, this this house could be maybe more than we can afford, or the house could come with uh, some risk uh, of functional structural damage, or that the interest rates are a bit high, uh, and it might not be a great time to invest significant resources in a house. But I mean, all of he's right because buying real estate is also is a good thing, especially in South Florida. But then. I, what I just mentioned too is also things to consider. So there's there's two sides to it. We do something called a SWOT analysis, the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. It's not just what are the strengths and that's it. 
Well, what are the strengths and opportunities? And let's just talk about that. It's more, what are the strengths and opportunities? And then how do we understand the threats and the weaknesses along with that? So what is an entrepreneurial mindset? Healthy dissatisfaction, passionate pursuit of new opportunities, pursuit of opportunity with enormous discipline and tenacity, prioritizing opportunities and not exhausting oneself or resources by pursuing every one of them, choosing what opportunities to pursue. When you walk through the business model canvas, you're going to have to pick two or three customer segments. You know, I think six is the max, but three is ideal. Uh, and one is obviously a good good one too, because you could be more focused. And certainly with those customer segments, you're going to have to pick uh, either you're going to be a service or product or both, but you're going to have to focus on an opportunity to bring it through the business model. If you have multiple opportunities that are different business models, then you're going to have to create multiple business models. And managing the creation of multiple business models is a lot. And certainly managing the creation of multiple business models and multiple businesses, especially in the early stages, can be a little a little much. Uh, prioritizing opportunities is not exhausting. Focus on execution and adaptation. Spreading the entrepreneurial religion. The, the, it's like evangelizing entrepreneurship through a team of zealots, uh, people that are anxious and zealous about the future. Entrepreneurship is not something you simply do. It's a philosophy that you bring to life. It is a mindset. Is a thought process. It's empowering. It's transformational. When used, when when leveraged, when when put to action, it's very powerful. It can change people's lives, and it can change, it can transform an entrepreneur, but it can also transform the people that the entrepreneur touches. So we are done with that uh, for now. So that's it. And thanks for listening to this video. And I hope you guys have a great rest of the day. And and go get them. I'm encouraging you. All right. Thanks. Bye.